Okay, well, I'm kind of picking up where I left off last week. I said that this week I wanted to show you a little film which I came across. It's slightly cheesy, but if you can't be cheesy at Christmas, when can you be cheesy, eh? And uh, so I'm going to be showing that shortly. But I want to sort of contextualize this. We kind of finished last week with, the, with a question, and the question was this. You know, who do you see in the manger? And, uh, you know, we, we ran this little loop, and... and uh, you know, I asked a number of questions, and, and, and I, I, I said, you know, it really, it really is vital that you and I make a decision about who we see in the manger. Last week, I said, you know, Mary looked into that manger and saw her newborn, her, 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 her baby. Joseph saw a son. Herod the king, and we'll hear a little bit more about him this morning, he saw a usurper. That means somebody who is, who is going to take the throne away from him. The wise men saw a prince. The prophets saw a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. Simeon, the prophet, the priest on duty in the temple, saw the hope of Israel. John saw the Lamb of God. Peter saw the Christ. The disciples saw a teacher. Judas saw a loser. The people saw a father full of compassion and kindness and mercy. The cripple saw a healer. The sad saw a comforter. The hungry saw a provider. The blind saw. The dumb spoke. The deaf heard. The Pharisees saw a problem. Pilate saw an innocent. The soldiers saw another crucifixion. The centurion saw the Son of God. The 500 saw the risen Christ. And the world will see him victorious. And the shepherds They came and they saw a baby, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Who do you see in the manger? Who's there for you? Have you made up your mind yet? Who do you see in the manger? You know, there's a a contemporary uh, carol. And we do sing carols here. We, We sang our hearts out on Friday night. But there's a lovely contemporary carol which I want to research a bit more, but I was listening to the radio, and one of the, one of the lines in this contemporary modern carol said this, Mary, when you kissed your baby's cheek, did you know you kissed the face of God? Oh, that, isn't that wonderful poetry? Isn't that poignant? You know, I've got four kids. I've got grandkids now, and... I crave my grandchildren's kisses. They don't crave mine because I'm a bit prickly, but they crave, I crave their kisses. And, and how many mothers have I seen with that wonderful, tender look in their eyes? Kiss their baby's cheek. Mary, when you kissed your baby's cheek, did you know you kissed the face of God? Who do you see in the manger? And this is a, 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 an important, a vital question, as I've said, but it is a bit of a curious one because there is a very real sense in which you know, God in the manger is the hidden God, the hidden God. And uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's partly a puzzle. It's partly the very way that Jesus wanted to do it. It's the very way God decided he would, he would enter into our timeline, our reality. He could and perhaps should have come with great fanfare, but he came hidden, as I said at the carol service. He came into that stable deliberately. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't like the Starship Enterprise when they beam people down into a planet and they're never quite sure where they're going to appear. You know, the first thing they do is, where am I? You know? Am I standing in the middle of a motorway or something? You know? Where have I arrived? It wasn't like that God went, 
like that and went, oh, oh, you missed the palace, you hit the stable, shucks. It wasn't like that. It was intentional. God was birthed in obscurity, so ordinary, everyday people who have no prominence, have no sort of status, can identify with and know that he has come to us. It's deliberate. And in that passage, John's Gospel, that wonderful passage, I want to say a Christmas passage, but it's not a Christmas passage, we tend to read it at Christmas, but in that wonderful beginning of John's Gospel, his memoirs, it speaks of... You know, God coming into the world, the Word made flesh. I love the language. The Word made flesh, but the world did not recognize Him. But some did. Some came seeking Him, some came looking for Him. Are you seeking truth? Are you seeking God? Are you seeking Him like those wise men, those three kings, as we've come to call them, did? Because if you seek, you will find. What are you looking for? If you're looking to find fault, if you're looking for reasons not to believe, you'll find them. But if you are of a more positive disposition, if you bring whatever faith you can muster to this journey, this quest, you will find him. God wants to be found by those who seek him. Let's read that little story of the, the three wise men, the three kings or whatever, from Matthew's gospel. Perhaps we can throw that up on the screen, Sam, and let's just sort of get into this, this morning's talk. Matthew chapter 2 says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, that's wise men, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. They knew what they were looking for. They knew he'd be a baby, but they saw beyond the baby, this kind of squirming little lovely bundle of joy that we saw up on the screen, they saw beyond that to the king, the one who was going to be the king of the Jews. Now, when King Herod, the king in sort of situ, heard this, he was disturbed. He was thrown in a, into, a, into a panic. And, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where's the Christ to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you... Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared and then he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him report to me so that I too may go and worship him dun, 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 dun. everybody hisses like the pantomime anyone been to a pantomime this year there's lots of hissing isn't there he's behind you now if you know this story you know what actually happened and do you know what this is historic the, the, the tragedy here is, is that this is historically true there is his you know, third-party historical evidence to, to say that this did take place. 
What actually happened was that the three kings were warned by an angel not go back to Herod. They didn't tell him where the baby was because Herod wanted to kill him. He saw him as a usurper, a threat. And so what Herod did was terrible. He ordered that every male child below the age of two should be slaughtered. And they were. Terrible. Terrible. Just killing everyone and anyone who, who was a threat to his throne and his power base. Terrible. Anyway, so the three wise men, they went, they found Jesus. And you know what? I've got another little film clip. I'll, I'll show you that because it, it pictures it all very well. Thanks, Sam. So they came, they saw, they found the baby. And one of them brought king, a king's gifts. Another brought a priest's gifts. And the third brought myrrh, which was an unusual gift, very expensive. But it was the gift that was brought to a rich man's funeral. It was used in the embalming of the body. And what these three wise men from the East knew was that somehow or other this, this child would, would give himself for the lives of his people, would sacrifice himself. So there was that sense of sacrifice, that sense of laying down one's life. And so this gift of myrrh was in preparation for that self-sacrifice, the hidden God. Where is he that we may worship him too, said, said the, uh, the king Herod. So we have God with us. And I don't know whether you know, but um, in the past couple of weeks, a rather nice thing happened which was reported in the press, and that was that Prince William slept out one night. Did anybody catch that in the news? Yeah. He is the president, I think, of, of Centerpoint, which is a young people's homeless charity. And uh, he spent a very cold night, it was during that cold snap, in, uh, in the streets of London, down near Blackfriars Bridge, apparently. And uh, he and another chap, the, the head of the centre, found a, a, a little alcove, a little place out of the way of a side street in an alley. And they got some newspaper and they got some cardboard and made a little, little sort of thing. And they spent the night out there. And the reason that he did this publicity stunt was to, to identify with the homeless young people, but also to flag up, to model to us that... Uh, that actually, actually, we should care just as he cares. Now, needless to say, when he was interviewed afterwards, he said that, you know, they didn't sleep a wink, it was frozen. In fact, our young people here, Celeste, our youth pastor, and our young people, and many other young people in this city do a night out up at the uh, Abbey. And uh, they, uh, they sleep rough up there. They do that every year. But Prince William on this occasion did this. He identified with the homeless for one night. The very... Central and the heart of the message of Christmas is that our God has identified with us in a similar sort of way. Left the palace and took to the streets, but not for one night, but for a lifetime, for a whole life. 
He really committed. He lived his whole earthly life as one of us. Not pretending, not playing at it, but identifying completely and utterly with us. And then ultimately, he substituted himself, dying on a cross for us. And, and this, this is what Christians get excited about and have done for centuries. This is what Christians speak of. He was, he was lost that we may be found. He immersed himself. Thanks, Sam. I think I've got a screen for that. He was lost that we may be found. He was abandoned even by God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was abandoned that we might find family. He was rejected by the Pharisees who saw him as a problem that we might be received. He was wounded that we might be healed. He died that we might have life. He became sin that we might be saved. Now that's what I call substitution. That's what I call identification. And I'm not knocking Prince William. I think that was a very, very brave and great move. I don't know if a king or prince has ever done that before. I loved it. Many of you did too, I'm sure. But this is just a shadow of what Christ has done for us. But you know, there's that other side of Christmas, and I think we sort of saw it a little bit yesterday, and that was why I was so touched to see that 100, 120 people come in this place. People who would otherwise may have spent their Christmas on their own. Christmas can kind of crank up the volume on so many things. Not just the joy and not just the wonder. Not just the gifts and the tinsel and the shiny lights and the good food and the strength of family. For many people it dials up all sorts of other things. It dials up loneliness, doesn't it? Maybe that counts you. Maybe you were just looking forward to coming to church this morning because... You've had a pretty quiet time of it, if truth were known. Maybe, maybe you were uh, thinking when you came here, I, I hope it doesn't finish too soon because I've, I've got to go home and be on my own again. I, I want you to hear this, that whatever you are thinking of, and whatever your Christmas experience is this morning, this weekend, that actually... God has gone to extraordinary lengths, not just to be with us, but to be with you, to be with you. Uh, let's watch this little cheesy movie now, and uh, then I'll step up at the end and we'll finish. Thanks, Sam. Uh, thanks, thanks, Bill. God with us started this talk asking you the question, who do you see in the manger? And I hope I've given you food for thought. I hope the Spirit of God has, has been speaking to you. But maybe as we finish this season of Christmas stories, maybe the most important question is, do you know that he sees you? Do you know that he sees you? Do you know that... The God of heaven and earth, the sovereign of the universe, has come as a baby for you. Do you know that? Have you turned to him? Have you said thank you? Have you asked, as the old carol goes, not the new one, have you asked him to come in? Let him in.
You see, you may be going through all sorts of life crises and we all face challenges. And Christmas is great because it's as if we all step out of that. We step out of our real lives for a little while. And, you know, neighbors I've never spoken to or have never spoken to me said Merry Christmas to me this holiday. <laughs> People do that at Christmas. We step out of ourselves and even nasty, gruff people sometimes say nice things. But then we've got our lives, haven't we? And what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for an angel before you will see the Savior? Or are you missing the fact that so often God speaks to us in the small things? A cup of chocolate, a Christmas dinner, a welcome at the door, the greeting of a friend. You see, if God blew a trumpet and made us all tremor, we would all fall and worship. But he's not going to make us do that. He's inviting us to see him and to invite him in and to worship him. Let's have the band up. Would you all play, please? Uh, uh, would you all stand, please? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you to you for the, the, the great wonder of Christmas, the joy, the celebration. Yes, all the razzmatazz, the lights, the tinsel, the feasting, the family if we have them. Thank you for all of that and we, we, we rejoice in it and it, it's wonderful and bring it on, Lord. But at the same time, we don't want to miss, we don't want to miss what's at the very heart and that's the gift of a baby in an obscure place on the back end of Galilee who has come as a savior to the world. And we worship you, we worship him. And yes, Jesus, we ask you in. And everyone said, Amen.